Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to you. Hey, that's uh, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Magic 123 to 113 in what was probably their most convincing win in some time. Happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate. The Raptors have found love with their newest center, Jakob Pertl, who was fantastic in this game, scoring 30 points, 30 points. And get this, on 15 of 17 shooting, just tremendous. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, the reason to go with Goldfinger Law, first of all, they're good. Secondly, you only pay if you win. There's obvious upsides to you don't pay if you lose. That's good. I would love that as an option for everything I do. Um, if you're interested, contact them at 416-730-1777. Okay, we have a lot of a lot of things going on in this game. But I think the most informative, the best place to start is with the fact that Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet are both in the top 20 in the NBA in getting doubled. A lot of these doubles for Fred Van Vliet in particular come via blitzing in the pick and roll. NBA.com logs that as a double. It works as a double. Two guys come to the ball. The ball has to come out. There's a play at the start. Fred gets blitzed, right? The magic they send to. He sends the ball out, lobs it up over top to Pirtle, who starts kind of walking his way down the court with a live dribble. He's able to lay the ball down to Precious Achua, Fred Dunk. Short roll playmaking. This is particularly important because we've seen this from Thaddeus Young. We've seen this from even Precious Achua at times. We've seen this from a lot of different players. But as far as what happened later in the game, where Pascal Siakam, it's in the fourth quarter, I don't even think Fred was on the court at this point in time. The Raptors, they're running a transitional lineup, but Jakob and Pascal are out there. Pascal lobs it over top. This isn't a short roll. He gets the ball above the three-point line. He immediately darts to the basket, live dribble, finishes at the rim with a finger roll. It's been some time since the Raptors have had a big man who could navigate that play type like that. And it's not just those two plays either. It's it's a plethora of plays that Jakob Pertl was able to make in this game that made it so the Raptors immediately got the benefit of the Magic sending two to the ball. There are bad teams in the NBA who cannot make other teams pay for sending two to the ball. I mean, hell, you're, you're a Raptors fan probably listening. You you At least you care about the Raptors or this game to listen to this. You've seen the Raptors dominate teams who don't move the ball well enough, who won't attack space after two guys are sent to the ball, after the Raptors are really aggressive in their scheme, right? They want to get the ball out of a superstar's hands, let's say. We see it show up 
these really ugly styles of basketball when teams struggle against Raptors because they don't move the ball enough and their tertiary players can't attack space for either shooting or passing or keeping the advantage alive. What Pirtle is doing here, no, he's not a shooter. I understand that was a, you know, a worry for many people and still should be a worry to some degree. The Magic aren't every team in the NBA. They did find success against them tonight, though. What happened was Pearl could reliably flip between taking the ball all the way to the bucket, scoring 30 points, or laying the ball down for assists, or keep the ball moving, go set a screen for a guy, keep the keep the offense humming. Similar to what we saw from Scotty Barnes when he was playing in this role. However, Scotty is not as big and he's less intimidating coming downhill as far as like finishing at the rim. Now, Scotty has a massive career ahead of him as a tremendous finisher. However, he's just a smaller guy than Pirtle. When Pirtle picks that ball up and is headed to the rim and nobody's standing under there for a charge or anything like that, the chances of actually stopping him from finishing at the bucket are really slim. And that's probably the most important thing to talk about is just highlighting how important Jakob Pirtle was to the Raptors' offense and particularly to punish the fact that the Magic wanted to blitz. We've seen the Magic blitz the Raptors before. We saw the Magic do this quite a bit when the Raptors lost two in a row to them back in December. The Raptors have a tough time dealing with this because the ball sticks. Everybody wanted to create one-on-one. You put a guy like Pirtle, who's immediately, the ball is moving quickly. He knows what he wants to do with it. He's trying to move the play on either for his own offense or somebody else's, but he's not interested in creating in the same types of ways that a lot of guys in the Raptors are. So we get nice humming offense. It broke down a little bit when the Magic stopped blitzing, but the shot making by Pascal Siakam in this game, 26 points, 10 of 15 from the floor, I think... He hit six mid-range jumpers that were above the free throw line. Just really, really impressive shot making. And so when the plays kind of flattened out, we see him getting to his spot, making his shots. Now, do I think it's going to be this good all the time? Probably not. This was a like radical mid-range performance and, and long mid-range performance from Pascal Siakam. A lot of long middies and a lot of makes. Um, more than we're used to seeing. I think he's at 37% between uh, 16 feet and the three-point line on the season. He, he, I think he shot like 80 or 90% from there tonight. It was it was pretty, pretty gnarly. On top of that, Fred Van Vliet. I know some people, I saw this sentiment that Fred was making the easy reads, that finally he's doing what a point guard should do. I couldn't disagree more. This was... Fred was looking guys out of the lane, sending no looks. He was timing the passes correctly. He was hanging on to the ball a little bit longer, pivoting to create like different laydowns. He was way more adventurous and dangerous with the types of passes he was trying to get off. He was looking to get things on the interior. Now, Fred looks off some passes at times, but this isn't just the 10 points, 15 assists he had tonight. This isn't just Fred saying, okay, fine, I'll make the reads that are there. He was doing a lot of work with his dribble, 
keeping it alive, getting into the teeth of the defense, working it around, using his body to move guys, using his pivot to move himself, and then just being really smart about who's cutting around him. And credit to the guys, Chris Boucher, Jakob Pertl, Precious Achua, Scotty Barnes, those guys cutting around him. They did a fantastic job. And Fred, with that the 15 assists, I mean, just a wonderful job diming around. That was mostly, mostly how the Raptors achieved a lot of their offense. 26 from Pascal, right? You get six assists along with that. Um, you get 30 points from Jakob, two assists. And then you get 15 assists from Fred. Scotty also punching in with 17 points, six rebounds, six assists. Some really good hit-aheads from him in this game. And some really nice reads in the half court as well. And then you get Precious Achua, who I tweeted about this. I've talked about this. I really love seeing Precious and Pirtle play together in a front court. Not because, you know, I understand people, they have worries about the shooting. I just, I really like what they're able to do defensively. And I know 113 points, this wasn't the game to make an example out of the defense for. But I do think that there's a lot there as far as having those two guys guard your front court. And I also think that Achua, you know, on the offensive glass, as far as being able to step out on guys like Paolo Banquero, such a fantastic job in this game. The starting five did a tremendous job. And then on top of that, Malachi Flynn, a little bit of shot making. Chris Boucher, I thought was really good. The Magic are not a pushover. They're unique. They're talented. They play hard. And they have a lot of different points of pressure that can give you trouble. The Raptors have seen that trouble before and failed to navigate it. Tonight, 123 to 113, they found the ways around it. Pascal with the mid-range jumper. There were some, some possessions where his drives, you look at that and you say, for Pascal, that should be going downhill. He should be getting to the rim there. But there were also less opportunities in this game than maybe there typically are because of the extra length that the Magic have there, and particularly in the post. If the Magic are sent like the Magic based on who they have in, in their help side, right? Like as the low man, based on who they have coming over to dig down on you and their primary defender, you're looking at a lot more length in that attention than you are against other NBA teams. Like the mismatches aren't really there. And the Magic also did to Pascal what we see some teams do, most notably the Heat. Everyone will remember Tyler Hero playing you know, on Siakam, you get low as the guard, you attack the dribble, you take away the legs. And hopefully, since you can attack the dribble, you force the bigger creator to pick up the ball so that you can converge and hunt jump passes. That's what the Heat did. And and they were pretty good at it. Uh, Pascal at that point in the season figured it out and good for him. This time, way better defender than Tyler Hero. You have like Gary Harris and Markel Fultz getting into Pascal Siakam's grill he found a way through it. Really, really impressive. And the team as a whole, finding a way through it. Um, but Pirtle deserves a lot of the, the attention for tonight because the Magic, they had a game plan that had worked previously. There's a, there's a new factor in there, though. A different variable. Jakob Pirtle, the Yak attack, 30 points on 15 of 17 shooting. That's just absurd. He had five offensive rebounds, too. He's a plus 18. The Raptors just win minutes when he's on the floor. Centers are good. I've been preaching it for some time, man. I, I really have. And despite despite saying, yes, I think Precious Achua is the center of the future, 
or or a, the, a front court player of the future, whatever it is, just precious. Make sure he's there. Thirty three minutes, almost thirty four in this one, a double double. Jakob, almost thirty seven minutes. These guys are getting their minutes in the Raptors front court. It looks good. The shot making outside of it, it came along. They figured it out. Chris Boucher, thirteen and four. I think he was tremendous in his minutes. He blocked Bull Bull on a three point shot. Who does that? Only Chris Boucher, basically. Really fun game for a lot of different reasons. Man, super, super nice to see them operate in this capacity. I feel like a lot of people have been waiting for something like this. That first quarter, as far as the defense that was played and the offense that was played, the ball was whipping around because, you know, you're working with those four-on-three advantages. They send two to the ball. The ball goes out up top. The Raptors... Credit to Jakob, credit to the, everybody on the floor, though, that the ball didn't stick. As I said before, it did stick at some points in the game when the advantage isn't inherent. You're not being gifted something. You have to work really hard to create it. They're not going to blitz you at the point of attack. So what do you do? You go to your star, your superstar, and you allow him to hunt his shots. And while I don't want to see him hunt those shots that often, uh, again, because he was just zoned into the mid-range. I can't complain about the shot making, man. Pascal, he hit him. He made them pay. He broke a guy's ankles. I think he stepped on Mo Wagner's foot. You know, you win some, you lose some. He he was like pulling off these crazy moves, setting up his shot. He was going to it in the early shot clock. It was like, just sit back and appreciate it. I don't want to complain about it too much. I do want to see him getting downhill. That did more often, I should say. Although that did change a little bit towards the end. He had a couple assists late in the game because he turned the corner. So very nice to see that. Just a bunch of good performances. I can't say enough about what they did. They also played a ton of zone against the Magic tonight. And I think, oh man, Markel Fultz deserves so much credit. 19 points, 6 boards, 5 assists. He's a savant. He figured out how to get the Magic good looks over and over and over. And these are the type of looks like it's not necessarily... Markel Fultz, you know, on one side, you got 15 assists for the point guard. On the other side, you got five assists. Jalen Suggs, also awesome game. They're backward, a couple really good performances. But Fultz, he's so good at snaking into the lane and setting up action so that, like, his pass isn't the assist. But one pass away from that, two passes away from that, you see a team succeeding because he's shifting the defense. He's pulling bigs out. He's manipulating. He's he's really setting things up. And man, the magic, there, it's no wonder they started winning more often and becoming way more compelling once he was back in the lineup because he plays basketball. There's not a right way to do it, but he plays a very, very good brand of it. And that dunk on Precious, oh my days, big time, big time. And honestly, just to stick with Precious, Paolo Banquero scoring 13 points on 13 shots, 5 of 13 from the floor. Huge W. Huge W. Um, I guess that's a V. This is a W. <laughs> Huge W for Precious. And also, Banquero is a guy who famously came into the NBA and had the physical prowess to bully guys with a live dribble. It's one of the biggest aspects of how he scores the basketball. He tried three times on Precious to like bully his way in, take that long first step, get your shoulder leaning in, create the space. Usually you get a bump and then you can finish with clearance. This is a massive part of how Ben Carroll scores the basketball. The thing is, with Precious Achua, Giannis Antetokounmpo 
has tried that bump on him. Luka Doncic has, Jimmy Butler has, all the famous bumpers. You know who will not be moved by somebody like by somebody with a live dribble like that? Precious Achua. Now, when he was against Joel Embiid, all seven foot three and three hundred pounds of him in a playoff series, he got moved sometimes. Yes, absolutely. But these guys who want to do it with a live dribble, put the shoulder down, keep the ball to the outside of themselves, and then finish with length of the bucket. You're not really going to create that new lane to the bucket. You're not going to create a more aggressive angle. You're going either to stay on your own or you're going to get you know pushed out wide. This is what Precious can do. And he can chop his feet. He can flip his hips to stay square and keep you at bay prior to that. He was fantastic on Bancaro tonight. And then the rebounding, of course, on top of that. Just super fun Precious game. Some really interesting stuff. Some good cutting hit a three. I loved that performance. Many performances from the Raptors tonight, I loved. And then, yeah, just to focus on Jalen Suggs, hits his first three, just a really deep one, but did an awesome job getting downhill, making these really difficult contact layups that were also contested really well. Square, holding their own, and Suggs is just taking that bump in air, contorting, pushing off glass, like he, he was really impressive. I'm I'm a fan of Jalen Suggs. I think that he's still, despite all the things that have happened, as far as the, his limitations that have been shown, I think he's going to be a very, very interesting player. I think he's going to be a very good player. I wouldn't be that surprised if he gets, you know, I think Hoop Goose, uh, for the people who know him, he's been on this podcast. He and, he and my friend T, both my friends, uh, have been saying, I think like year seven all-star for Jalen Suggs. I can't remember exactly what it is. But it's just that guys who provide really great guard defense and rim pressure if and who have decent playmaking instincts, if you give them enough time to sort out all the little things in their game, they'll eventually be really, really great. And, and I think Suggs could fit into that. I think that they're correct in that sense. All-star who knows? It's tough to make an all-star team, but something to keep an eye on. The Raptors, they win a game in the most convincing fashion I've seen in some time. Not because of the score, not because of the point differential, in the way they played. I think that this was the most convincing win. When I watched the Magic on the other side, I felt like I was watching a good team play basketball. I know the record doesn't necessarily indicate that, but that's how it felt to me. When I was watching the Raptors play, I thought I was watching a good team play basketball. And they've won some games this year where that is just not the case. And the fact that the Raptors won, and, and did so shooting 8 of 24 from 3. They got to the places they needed to on the court against a team that is pretty good at keeping other teams away from those spots on the court. They did it the hard way, and they made it look relatively easy. I'm, I thought this was a great performance all around. The Raptors work really hard. There's stuff to patch up on defense, of course. Of course. They have to get much better on that end. But... This was a very convincing offensive performance. It's not always going to be this easy. Not always. And there, there are going to be problems, of course. But they also didn't have OG or Gary. They still have two really good players who aren't there. This team figured it out and did so in, for me, convincing fashion. Really impressed. Man, Reggie Evans Award, that's precious at you for me, without a doubt. Super impressed with him. I, I went on about Precious earlier, but yeah, he's the Reggie Evans Award winner. The top quick reaction comment is from Joseph Rome, 
quote, all the Fred haters, spicy haters, raps deadline haters, do you see now? First center since 36-year-old Gasol, and how much better does a true screener slash setter slash finisher slash rim protector make everyone else look? This team's ready to make a run. Great to see a standing O at home at end of a good game. Let's get some greatness back, end quote. I think that, now I've kind of been fighting last season. I was kind of stiff-arming all the, what I thought was a little bit nonsensical Pascal hate. Um, I think I've been trying to stiff-arm some of the heavy-handed, almost comically, like, ignoring context, Fred hate this season. Fred had a long stretch of of tough basketball, certainly. And um, I think think the way conversations happen around players is that they're either discussed at their best or their worst, even if they don't occupy those spaces. And they and they rarely occupy either space. You know, they 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 operate all over the map as far as their performances. It's where is the range typically? You know, Pascal Siakam, the range of outcomes he had in 2019-20, he could have a game as good as he has this year in 2019-20. He had games where he was tremendous, incredible. You know, he has an, a clinching NBA Finals game where he had 26 and 10 and a championship winning bucket. But the range of performances that Pascal has now is just so hot, so much higher, even though he was all NBA in 2019-20, right? And Fred, the range of his performances dropped a decent amount this year, uh, but the range is still a decent, is still a decent guard. You know, he, he's had bad games. He's had games where he's a bad player. Most players do. But I think that he, he became the whipping boy. And um, I, I hope that subsides to some degree because you know that was the the last quick reaction comment i responded to he had 35 points on 26 shots and it was talking about fred in a game where the raptors scored the hell out of the ball and saying he's tanking the offense and it's like this seems devoid of this doesn't seem uh, like it makes sense right i i don't know if people watch the games when, when i see things like that or or maybe they're way too focused on a past um, transgression in their mind that Fred has had or Pascal has had. And so there's there's been a bunch of stuff in my time covering the team, reading these top quick reaction comments. It's always been a lot. But players are never, ever as bad as the um, as the consensus on the message boards or, you know, comment sections suggest. And they're almost never as good as they suggest either. Um, this trade deadline i talked about it at the time the raptors did give up a lot um i wasn't i said i'm not sure if they'll be good enough to justify trading away you know a very lightly protected pick that i think it's for four years or something like that that was my 3 a.m response video where i kind of walked through it but in in that video i also walked through all the positives of adding purtle all of which have uh, manifested already on the team the improvement on defense, uh, especially when he's on the floor, his ability to help in their offense despite having shooting limitations, all that kind of stuff. Is this team ready to make a run? I Probably in the regular season. They'll win some games. They shouldn't have a loss since trading for Pirtle. They shouldn't have lost to the Jazz. They, they, they'll make a run in the regular season. This team is good enough to do that for sure. Pirtle helps a ton. We'll see what happens in the postseason because they should definitely be there. 
other teams are kind of coming down a little bit. The Raptors, I think, will be hitting somewhere closer to their stride. Um, we'll no longer be talking about four with this team, which is kind of what we've been talking about the past couple months, few months. We'll start talking about ceiling. And that's a really important conversation to have. And I think the people who are um, weary uh, of what happened at the trade deadline are typically thinking about ceiling. And, you know, what ceiling was given up with the future picks, et cetera, what ceiling was gained by getting purple. Me, as I said at the time, I'm glad to watch good basketball with good basketball players. And I'm excited to keep watching Yaka Purtle. I want to watch good basketball. I want to cover good basketball. It makes it way more compelling as a watch for myself, for yourself, listener. And and it makes it makes my work much more compelling when I get to talk about cool things. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for writing in, Joseph Rome. <sighs> yeah, if you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, if you so please. I, I, I hear it helps. If you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for tuning in. Let me chop it up with you. If you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.